0: celebrating the connection with our pets this is animal radio featuring your dream team veterinarian dr debbie white and groomer joey villani and here are your hosts hal abrams and judy francis
1: (laughs) you're on a diet too yeah yeah who isn't after all those holiday goodies yeah
2: joey are you
3: yeah of course
1: (laughs) It's, you know,
2: it's, it's just never-ending for me. That's that's the problem.
1: Yeah, I know how that goes. Yeah, me either.
3: How about the animals? You look down at the animals. Do they gain a little weight over the yeah, holidays from all the treats and yeah. goodies?
1: Yeah, they're a little pudgy, too.
2: You know, it's funny because my buster, who's the, heavy, you know, the heavier of the four, he actually lost weight. A friend of mine came over and said, um, would you put him on a diet? Which we haven't, but um, he
3: looks <laughs> good. We're going to talk to a guy today, and I know you probably did this. You withheld from doing this over the holidays. He wants you to feed stuff that you eat to your dog.
1: What? I've always oh. heard no.
3: Well, because he has the, things, the right things to the feed right them. The right
1: things. Well, I don't eat the right things, so yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs>
3: no Big Macs for your dog, huh? Um. Well, he's, uh, he's the dog food dude, and he's actually been on before. You might remember him from a couple of years back. Also on the show today, Larry Hobbs, and he builds dog houses for a living. I think he does some other stuff, too.
1: but Yeah, uh, I wouldn't think that there's a need for dog houses. I don't have a dog house. I don't know. I Joey, you have a dog I house, right? haven't
4: seen one in a long time. Yeah, yeah
2: actually, actually, I do. Um, and the dogs actually use it. What about you, Lori? Well, do you have a dog house?
4: No, I don't have a dog house. I, I didn't even, you know, I'm looking like Judy. I haven't thought about a dog house in a long time. I mean, dogs are inside now.
1: Usually mm-hmm. in our bed.
4: Yeah, you know, I do a lot of pet sitting
1: with dogs and I don't see any dog houses in the backyards anymore.
3: Well, apparently this is a big booming business for this guy. So we'll Hmm. find out in just a couple of minutes what that's all about. In fact, we'll take your calls for Dr. Debbie and dog father Joey Villani. At the bottom of the hour, we have news with Lori Brooks. What are you working on for this hour?
4: Well, coming up in just a few months, starting in April, three countries, entire countries are going to be going mandatory microchipping for dogs, and we'll tell you if the U.S. is one of them. Oh,
3: I bet it is. I bet it is, because we're, we're kind of an advanced, edgy country, and
4: I would think oh, that Yeah, we're... you would think. We're
1: far behind Europe countries.
3: <laughs> okay, well, we'll find out with Lori Brooks in just a few minutes.
4: Hi, Lauren. Hello. Hi. hi.
3: How are you doing today? Uh,
4: I'm doing
5: okay.
3: <laughs> What's going on with your animals?
5: Well, I have um, my one cat, Iris. She's got... Um, um underneath her belly area, where the the nipples are um bumps you know like okay. like almost like grapes under the skin, kind of they're not real big, but they started with just a little and then spread a little bit, but they're not soft, they're hard
6: hmm okay, and, are then um, both sides of her belly or are they on the right and the left side
5: um they they moved mm-hmm. they they were on the right underneath, and then they've moved. They're not there anymore, and then they're to the back a little bit now, and there's no discharge of any kind. I can feel them. She's very normal, eating, drinking, playing, everything. I wouldn't know any difference, no weight loss. Um, Okay, and how old is your kitty? Actually, she gained a little bit of weight the other day. I weighed her. She gained a a little bit of weight even.
6: Okay. How old is your kitty, and is she spayed?
5: Um, She is fixed. Um, When she was fixed at a young age... The vet that I go to on a regular basis locally said that he couldn't find any scars in the abdomen of where she had been spayed, but it's possible that you can't find them when they get older and they disappear or something, no scars. But she had, but he couldn't find anything. So, because at once I thought she was pregnant. and I thought, how would she get pregnant if she was fixed? So I took her to the vet, and he said, no, she's she's fine. But she is... Okay. She's an all-black kitty, and she's about five and a half, or about six years old, say. be safer to stay okay.
6: closer to six. Okay. Well, um, any time I, I hear of a female kitty with lumps on the belly, that does get my radar up for mammary cancer. And yeah. mammary, mammary cancer in cats is definitely a big concern because they're a little different than dogs, and mammary cancer in cats is almost 90% of the time it's malignant and dogs about half the time it's malignant. So I think it's very important that we try to figure out if that's what we're up against right now or something else. The fact that you're saying that it's been on both sides of the abdomen is um, also of concern. What's a little unusual is the coming and going, and unless that's related to some kind of hormonal cycling, I just honestly can't explain that. And it would really take a thorough um, evaluation to kind of get, get to the bottom of things. And for for our listeners, mammary cancer in cats is almost completely preventable by spaying. So usually if we spay them before they ever go into heat at six months, you can reduce the risk of breast cancer by 91%. Wow. So it's a pretty... Wow. Yeah, it's pretty overwhelming evidence on why we spay female cats, not just for reproduction purposes. um, And also because it is such a bad disease in kitties. So I I would definitely make sure you see your veterinarian. The way we would check this out um, would be to just basically overall um, evaluate her health, do some lab work. We can try sampling the lump or lumps with a needle. Um, it isn't always as precise as we'd like with mammary tumors in dogs and cats, um, but it can be a place to start. Um, but often I'll, I'll shoot x-rays of the chest as well because if we are talking cancer, sometimes that helps us to detect that at a point if it's spreading. Um, so, I, so that um, would definitely be. Go yeah, ahead.
5: I was told that she if she had discharge, but she, that she has had no discharge whatsoever that it, there could be a chance that she it would be you know it would not be cancer i mean
6: well it's it possible it like isn't now. but um, the absence of discharge doesn 't mean it 's not cancer so if if we have a lump on a kitty's belly area in the mammary glands and it is discharging or opening up it's highly possible it could be mammary cancer, but just because it 's not going on doesn't mean um, you know, that it isn't cancer. So because this disease, if it is that, um, everything else we can kind of deal with, but if it's mammary cancer, you know, I would definitely encourage you to get your kitty to the veterinarian sooner than later. Um, because it's important with the size of mammary tumors in how much success we have in, in, giving, um, a cure or, um, quality life. So tumors that are smaller than a nickel, um, are definitely better. Um, when there's more than one or they're larger than a nickel, the prognosis is less favorable. So, um, it really is very, like I said, very important to make sure we, um, take a look at things. Um, yeah, lots of different small. treatments.
5: They're smaller, they're hard, but. Mm-hmm. These- hungry and eating I don't see any changes is that what happens like just overnight or something like it'll change or something it goes?
6: no you know and, and sometimes with advanced cancer you might get a cat that's not eating well or having trouble breathing but when cancer is most treatable and um, most beneficial for us to know about. You're not going to see symptoms other than a lump. So that's why I'm, I'm very urgently encouraging you to see your veterinarian because waiting until it starts to discharge or she starts to feel sickly, we're going to have our hands tied in what we can do for her. So um, there are a lot of treatments, and in, in kitty surgery is one of the things we really do. So if we remove all of that tissue on that one side, we can sometimes give several years of quality time um, and stop the disease my
5: veterinarian says no he says that um that that is very any kind of surgery or any kind of um chemo anything at all is extremely painful for cats and he says i Hmm. i I just don't recommend it because it's inhumane
6: oh well i would totally disagree with that opinion i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) i I I respectfully uh you know i appreciate his about
5: this for two weeks now
6: yeah, yeah, no, I've had several patients um that are kitties that have gone on to have um mastectomy, so surgical removal of the mammary tissue, and then gone on to have chemotherapy, and some of them have lived wonderful lives. Yes, See, some of them, if we
5: do, because there's a place yeah. called Blue Pearl.
6: Yeah. So if, if we're at a point where there's not as many, um, treatment options, then no. Then in those situations, it's not fair to the pet to put them through that. But I think you need to be armed with information. So, um, if, if that veterinarian isn't willing to pursue at least looking at if your kitty is a candidate for treatment, then I, I'd maybe look for another opinion. Um, because okay. you have to have all that information before we would, you know, be well, able to, even myself, medicine I can't. 40 years behind human medicine. Oh,
3: I don't know about that. Maybe he is.
6: I, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I would. I totally disagree again. Um, you know, we do have, in my area, we have a, a wonderful group of oncologists, and I've had my own pet over there, and um, there's a lot that can be done. And I think most veterinarians that are using these types of tools are very honest what it can and can't do. So um, rather than dissuade you from doing anything or looking further, I would definitely encourage you to get a second opinion.
3: Thanks for your call, Lauren. We appreciate it. The dog food dude is going to be back with us. Remember him? He was on a couple years ago. Yeah. This guy, he thinks you should share some of the food that you have at the dinner table with your dog, but he suggests certain foods and certain amounts. He says there's a rationale to it, and I will talk to Rick Woodford, the dog food dude, in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Also, a guy who builds dog houses, which is interesting because I don't have a dog house myself. The animals are inside. They don't want to go outside. I mean, I I walk them outside, but... I, I don't use a dog. Do you use a doghouse?
1: I don't. No, no and well, I don't know too many people I have who one. do. Do you have a doghouse? Do either.
2: Yeah, that we have it. They don't. They don't really use it. But when I had my Amstaff, um, I mean, he used to love going outside and going in his doghouse. It was almost like his, um, you know, like his crate,
3: like his man cave, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Exactly. You okay. Know, I had to hang out a hangout TV and a couch and air conditioner. And, you know, he liked it.
3: Well, uh, this contractor guy actually, he owns a lumberyard. And uh, he builds dog houses, and he's going to tell you how to make a dog cave for your,
1: <laughs> for your dog
3: and uh, where to get the materials and all that stuff.
1: And what kind of materials.
3: Yes. So that's on the way also. How about you, Joey? What do we got on the show today?
2: Well, we're going to talk about getting rid of some staining off of light-colored dogs, whether it be on tear stain, whether it be around the muzzle, the feet, stomach.
3: Now, I know there's stuff for tear stains. That you can go out and buy, and in fact, wasn't there like a recall on that? Yeah, it was year? like
1: Angel Eyes or something. Angel Eyes, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. Do you use any of that stuff, or do you have?
2: Your I, own. You know what? I got to be honest with you. I've known people who've had wonderful results with Angel Eyes. Um, you know, huh? I mean, I think part of the problem with a lot of these things is, is um, you know, there's no regulations for it, so when something does occur um usually it's pretty big so. but right. i got i got some good i got some really good remedies and i understand Safe.
3: the ingredients may even be on our shelves in our kitchen right and bathroom right
2: yeah well i guess i guess you've been listening to me long enough to find out that most of the things i talk about you can usually find them
3: real easy okay that's on the way right here on animal radio let's go to your calls don't forget you can ask your questions directly from the animal radio app for iphone and android
0: you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. How would you like
7: to get a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day, guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan, save money, plus get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline Right now, we guarantee you're going to love our service. If you don't like what we say, you can hang up on us. But you won't. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Call the free smartphone hotline right now. 800 475 3351. 800 475 3351. 800 475 3351. That's 800 475 3351.
8: And now, an animal radio news brief. A pet lemon law is going into effect. Illinois State Senator Dan uh Kowalski's legislation is promoting a healthier pet population, and it passed the Senate. Currently, pet stores are asked to inform the buyer of a certain detail about a dog or cat, including where they're from, if they've had any medical treatment, or if they were returned to the store from another customer. But what happens if the dog or cat is ill? Or has a disease. Well, his proposal allows a pet owner to return their new pet to the store and then get a refund if a vet confirms that the pet was purchased with an illness not disclosed by the seller. Consumers would also have an option to keep the animal and have the pet store pay up to twice the cost of the animal for treatment. Not only does this legislation protect consumers, it'll also protect the pet population. It'll discourage breeders and stores from selling unhealthy cats and dogs and reduce the spread of disease. This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at animalradio.pet.
3: Well, you lucky dog, don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home at the Vet. And everywhere in between, visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. Let's uh, go to Diana. Hi, Diana. How are you?
8: Hi, I'm just fine. Thank you.
3: Where are you calling from today?
8: From California.
3: What's going on with you?
8: Well, I uh, my sister passed away a couple of, years, or a couple of months ago. I'm sorry. And, thank you. We took um, two of her dogs in. One of them is a male. He's like a terrier chihuahua mix and he's
6: marking inside my house
8: his territory.
6: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and I take it, is he neutered? No, he's not. I'm, that's my next step. I'm going to have him neutered. But Okay. Well, Because that really is, for a male dog, it's one of the, the core ways that they communicate their territory. And the drive to do that is very heavily hormonally controlled. Not that it's the sole thing, but in an unneutered male dog, um, it's almost inevitable that they're going to mark in a house. Um, And we have have some folks that, I'm sorry. We have four small female dogs in the house, too. Holy cow. And are they spayed?
8: Yes, they'll just (laughs) spayed.
6: They were okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, male dogs. This is this is something not uncommon. Um, so for where you're at, until his little gonads are gone, <laughs> this is going to be a challenge. And the good thing is that you know um, a lot of that may be improved by neutering him. But since he is already an adult and he's been doing this, there is some learned component to that. So it's not going to magically go away, and it's going to need to be followed up with some good behavioral training. And a lot of this kind of goes back to the fundamental with dogs and them feeling comfortable with their territory so that they don't have to mark inside. Because we know that a, a nervous and anxious and insecure dog is going to urine mark in an environment more readily than a dog that's comfortable, that's um, confident in his situations and, you know, that's not so f- nervous or fearful. So a lot yeah. of this, I, I really emphasize basic obedience training and leash commands uh, okay. A dog that knows that the human is the gentle leader in the household um, is going to follow the rules and not be as inclined to say, marking in the house saying, Hey, this is my zone. Cause he's going to say, Hey, this is my parents' zone. I live here with them, but I don't have to mark. Um, okay. So, so, it, and that's going to be, you know, working on come, sit, uh, all those basic leash commands. And then really with him, he's going to be a dog that I would not allow free access and free roam of the home at all okay um, because he does need to have um, a very supervised environment where you can watch him and I, I don't like to heavily punish when you catch them in the act unless you can actually get him outside to the proper area and then you say you know no 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 and then you say yes good boy we're going yeah. outside you take him out on a leash you give him that good praise or even a treat when he does it so yeah. kind of treat him like he's that Eight-week-old puppy that you might have, and um, lot, that's where a lot of folks actually we will fail in these situations because we think, ah, oh, they're adults; they can run around; they'll be fine. Uh, but you really do need to accompany that with heavy praise and positive rewards where he does go okay. when he does go where you want him to go.
8: Okay, and, yeah, We have doggy door, and he goes outside, you know, through the doggy door. But I'll find him, you know, where he has marked—not in the act, because he won't do it in front of me. He's a little. His name is Rascal. And he he matches his name. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, I will
6: find later I'll go, oh, really? Yeah. You just marked on the bag? Thank you. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, you know, I, I've dealt with this with my little boss man. Uh, I have a little terrier. And when I first got him, he wanted to mark all over the place um, when he wanted to mark. And, and what I had to do was take control. So when we went out on a leash, he didn't just go pull me aside and go to a, a tree to go marking. He wanted to, and he did at first. I worked with him and corrected that. So when I gave him the word go potty or go to the bathroom, he was permitted to go to the side and mark but not mm-hmm. until i told him it was okay to and that's a lot of just kind of learning that respect and that leash command and that, right. that that's where you'll you'll need to work on the efforts and then one other little tool you can use in the household um for male dogs that can help them to not tinkle on themselves um or tinkle in the house is to use a belly band and it's a little type of an um uh elasticy band that you put over the boy parts right over the lower abdomen and uh-huh. If he were to urine mark with that on, it's basically he tinkles up against his skin, and it's an unpleasant oh. situation. And a lot of dogs actually, it, it can help them to not do that because they uh, they don't like that sensation, you know, just like a, and a baby in a diaper. That
8: at like a, a pet place or just a piece of oh, a sure. Plastic?
6: You may okay. find that online or, yeah, at local pet stores, and they're basically just known as belly bands. Okay. that's That's a great idea. I like that. Okay, well, okay. good luck with that, Diana, and, and bless you. you for taking those babies in. Yeah,
8: they're sweethearts. <laughs> That's why we have five now. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for your help.
3: And lest I not forget, if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, please check out Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. In fact, we have links over at the Animal Radio website. Are you working on more breeds, by the way?
6: You know, I'd like to say AM, but some days it's just tough getting through the business day. (laughs) I know.
3: You're staying busy.
2: (laughs) I'm surprised you got that many out.
7: How would you like to get a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan. Save money. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline hotline right now. We guarantee you're going to love our service. If you don't like what we say, you can hang up on us, but you won't. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day, guaranteed for life. Call the free smartphone hotline right now, 800-475-3351, 800-475-3351, 800-475-3351. That's 800-475-3351.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more.
4: This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Beginning in April, all dogs in England, Scotland, and Wales will have to be microchipped with their owner's information registered and kept up to date in a big, huge database that they're doing to encourage responsible pet ownership. Now, to help people get the job done, Dogs Trust, which is the U.K.'s largest animal welfare charity, is offering free microchipping. Imagine that. It's hoped that what they call compulsory microchipping will help reduce the number of lost and abandoned dogs and will allow authorities then to directly identify the dog owners and then hold them accountable for their dog's behavior and welfare. Should you ever need this service, I thought it was pretty cool, there is what's called Kitty Bungalow Charm School for Wayward Cats. It's in Los Angeles. They take special care in socializing feral kittens and then placing the newly socialized lap cats into lifelong loving homes. Now, this group says its mission is to provide all cats able to adjust to indoor life, of course, with a warm and loving forever home while providing those cats who need to continue living outdoors with a Caring colony manager assuring all cats a humane and happy existence. Who ever thought of a cat charm school, really? Very clever. At the beginning of a new year, we all make a resolution to lose weight, right? Well, Buddy the dog has a jump on all of us after losing more than 100 pounds last year. Buddy's new life began when his previous elderly owners could no longer care for him and they were forced to surrender the. 180-pound, six-year-old, morbidly obese Australian Shepherd to Hulls Haven Border Collie Rescue in Canada. It was a long nine-month journey of dieting and kind of easing him into exercise along with cucumbers and tomatoes for treats. But today, Buddy weighs 71 pounds and is up for adoption. In fact, Buddy lost so much weight that like humans, he had to undergo skin removal surgery so that he could, you know, be more comfortable while he became active again. Buddy, by the way, was also monitored by his vet with weekly weigh-ins. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio news update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
0: Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to AnimalRadio.pet.
3: It's animal radio. And we'll head back to the phones in just a couple of minutes and we visit first with Larry Hobbs. He's the founder and CEO of Bow Wow Dog Houses, a Los Angeles based company that makes custom eco friendly dog houses. Welcome to the show, Larry. Thank you. Now you uh, you happy to be here. How did you get started doing this? Didn't you work in the lumber industry or something like that?
9: Yes, uh, we uh, are a manufacturer of industrial uh, packaging products, uh, primarily for wire and cables. So that would be uh, uh, most commonly known as spools, uh, cable reels. And um, we, as a as a as a, uh, a side uh, line, we uh, uh, I needed a doghouse and went out and looked in the marketplace and didn't find anything I liked. And so, I said, "Well, I'll just build one in the shop." So we uh, built the first one and liked what we were like what we were doing and Uh thought hmm then other people saw what we were doing and asked if we could build them one and it just uh kind of grew from that
3: well well, what makes your dog house so different than other dog houses you said you couldn't find anything like that on the market
9: um i couldn't find anything large enough um most of the the dog houses that i i did find were were smaller and i needed something i had a, a a blue tick hound and knew that um, once he grew, you know, grew up, that he was going to be about eighty pounds. Yep, big dog. And uh, he was going to need plenty of room to get in inside and turn around. And none of the houses that I saw had that, uh, the, you know, that kind of spaciousness to it. So um, we uh, said, well, we're going to have to make it this size. And people saw that, and uh, people with uh, German shepherds and pit bulls and so forth uh, saw that. That, that design, and they liked what they saw and uh, asked us to, to build one for them.
1: I didn't even think people were really using dog houses anymore. It seems like all the dogs are inside our house. Is there still a need for dog house?
9: What you find uh, uh, typically uh, what we've learned through this process is a lot of people do have their, their dogs come in in the evenings. Um, I do with my dog as well, um, but during the day when I'm not at home, um, he's got shelter from the rain or the weather or cold or, uh, you know, even the heat uh, during the day. A lot of times in the middle part of the day, when it's 80 or 90 degrees outside, he's in his doghouse. So,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm so, looking at some of these pictures here. They're actually, I wish I could hold these up to the microphone and you could see these pictures here of these dog houses because they're not just run-of-the-mill dog houses. Explain the diversity and variety that you have.
9: You know, we... Um, once we got rolling um, a lot of what uh, I, I found in uh, pictures that of, of homes of, of just homes um, your your regular homes for humans <laughs> there there were uh, like our beach house for instance that we call a beach house um, you know, we looked at that, and, and I saw a design, and I said, you know, we could do that in a doghouse. Why not? Um, <laughs> and so we, we, we did. We built it. And we keep adding to, um, and we keep trying to, to uh, make the, the house uh, more substantial, and we try to vary the designs. And, but a lot of the designs and features that we build into our houses are for the dog's comfort, for adding ventilation, um, for, for cleaning uh, making it easier to clean like a side swinging door. You know, they have the door in the front where the dog goes in and out, but uh-huh. then a, a door that opens up on the side allows you to clean it,
10: to uh-huh. clean it uh,
9: a little better to pull the dog bed out. If you have a dog bed in there and so forth and air it all out and so forth. And I think it just makes it a healthier, uh, and, and, and cleaner environment for the dog.
1: Have you ever had anybody ask you to build one to match their house or make a replica of their house?
9: Several, several. <laughs> and, uh, We've we've come close on when we've uh, worked on some of those when we're allowed to work on some of those. Um, you know, it, it gets into a situation where um, you know there's we're limited on the, the material and the scale. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, I uh, last year I went to the National Builder Show in Las Vegas and I was there specifically to look for roofing materials that would be of scale, and also to try and keep uh, looking for. Features that we can utilize and build into the design that we have, currently have.
3: I smell an HGTV series. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's. It, I would watch that, wouldn't you? I would. Sure. Yeah. yeah absolutely.
1: Do you recommend doing uh, if you have several dogs one big house, or do you think everybody should have their own private space?
9: I think it depends on the dogs They you know, and the owner would. If the dogs are are really good with one another and they enjoy. Uh, or, or they end up sleeping together, you know, that kind of thing. It's better to keep them together, I think. Um, so I would suggest a larger home for two dogs. Uh, we do side by sides, what we call, um, and that is where you would have uh, a partition and or a wall in between. And that can either be a swinging door so you can allow them to be together or you can close it where they can be separated.
3: (laughs) Those are like dog apartments or condos Condos. or joining hotel rooms.
1: Yeah, joining hotel rooms. You can leave the door open if they want. Uh,
3: Didn't know there was still an industry for this, but it's very cool that you're doing well and that you're doing it so uniquely. We appreciate you spending time with us today, Larry.
9: Well, thank you for having us, and uh, if there's anything we can do to help out, just give us a call. You're listening to
0: Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, it's Alan
11: Cable. Let's talk about your role in being a superior teacher and a great dog leader. I was working with a guy the other day. He's got a six-month-old black lab. His big problem is that his dog hates the crate, hates to be left alone. He'll go in the crate, but just barks incessantly when the guy leaves. Just about every behavior a dog has can be explained by what the humans are doing. Here's what I came to find out. From the time he'd brought the dog home, he'd spent 24 hours a day with him, taking him to work. Well, that all changed in an instant when he lost his job and he lost his place. He's staying with folks now. He's out looking for another job, doing whatever he has to do. But because of this, he has to leave his dog home in the crate. Now, you know, dogs thrive on structure. And it's not uncommon for them to get anxious and nervous when anything in their lives change. Like you moving, or like you being there 24 hours a day and then suddenly disappearing. So the dog's got a double whammy coming at him. Plus, the guy's real stressed. He's lost his job and his place. Even though the dog can't comprehend these things, he still feels the stress that this guy's giving off. Now remember, dogs don't know that you lost your job and that you lost your place to live. They only know that you were there one minute, 24 hours a day, and now you're gone. And now you're both in unfamiliar surroundings. So the point is, when something in your life changes, you got to get your dog ready for it because you can't communicate it to him with words. You've got to take it step by step. You know you're moving. He doesn't. So you should start bringing him around the place you're going to stay. You should also get him used to staying alone by putting him in his crate, latching the door, and maybe taking a 15-minute walk alone and lengthening the time you're away from home little by little so he gets accustomed to not being with you all the time. Just taking a dog and putting him in a crate for 10 hours when he's used to being with you 24-7 is a shock, to say the least. It's the same thing as taking a puppy away from its litter. That dog is going to bark and whine for at least a week or two. Remember, to be a great dog leader and teacher, you've got to be fair and consistent so when there's a big change coming take your time and get your dog ready for it get more tips at animalradio.com
12: hi this is john O'Hurley. you're listening to animal radio and remember most importantly please spay or neuter
7: how would you like to get a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day, guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan, save money, plus get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline hotline right now we guarantee you're gonna love our service if you don't like what we say you can hang up on us but you won't right now you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as two dollars a day guaranteed for life call the free smartphone hotline right now 800-475-3351 800-475-3351 800-475-3351
0: that's 800-475-3351 You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
3: Hi, Jim. How are you doing?
13: I'm doing all right.
3: Very good. Where are you?
13: I'm in Colorado Springs. Okay. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi, Jim. Hey, Hey Dr. Debbie. Hey, what
6: can I do for you today?
13: Well, we've got a a cat. She's a little older. She's not exactly sure how old she is, between 12 and 14 years old. Um, She's always been rather slender, but... Recently, she's dropped about a pound in weight, so now she only weighs about four and a half pounds.
6: Wow, Uh, that is tiny.
13: Yeah, she's hungry uh, very often. She prefers uh, canned food uh, to, you know, dry, probably because her teeth are a little bit tender Mm -hmm. uh, for her age. So she's lost weight. She's got loose bowels. We've moved the cat boxes upstairs so that she doesn't have so far to go to get to them, so she makes them more uh, regularly, but... Still, are pretty concerned uh, what she's got going
6: on. Sure. Now, you said she's eating well. Is she is she eating a lot more than she usually does, or is that just she's always been a good eater? Uh,
13: she's always been a fairly good eater. Uh, she asks asks for for food more often now.
6: And how about any any changes in her personality? Does she seem uh, comfortable? Does she have any problems getting uh, sleeping through the night? Uh, anything like that?
13: No, she doesn't seem to have any of the other problems. She's always been a little skittish. But, uh, uh, you know, like if you try to pick her up, she'll want to jump out of your you know, arms or lap or something. But uh, she still comes and sits on you or you can pet her on the back of the head just fine. So she's not okay. changed that way.
6: Good, good. And then um, has there been any diet change, any new treats or any brand change recently?
13: No. No, all the same stuff we've been using for a while.
6: Okay. Okay. The first thing that I would say for a kitty in her age bracket, and the first thing I would go run into the vet and check out, is to have her thyroid level checked. Um, and the reason is that middle aged to older cats can get a condition called hyperthyroidism, where the thyroid gland produces too much of that hormone. And that can cause things like ravenous appetite, weight loss can cause some excitability problems, and it can cause diarrhea and vomiting. And some of what you've described would make me concerned enough that you might potentially be dealing with something like that. Um, If it is that condition, it is treatable. There's a variety of different ways to deal with that, but it would be a matter of getting that diagnosed and getting her on the right therapy for that Um, because that is probably one of the most common hormone problems we do see in cats. Um, and then I think beyond that, you know, maybe we could have some other issues. And in older kitties, we can see some problems with inflammatory bowel disease where they don't necessarily absorb their nutrients really well. We get diarrhea, vomiting, weight loss. And that can sometimes be managed, um, with, um, hypoallergenic diets. And uh, just an overall health assessment, making sure nothing else is really going wrong. Um, So that might be something else to consider. And and I like to go with some different uh, what we call novel protein diets, things that are kind of different that the kitty's never seen before, Uh, duck-based diets, venison-based diets, because sometimes that can help a kitty with inflammatory bowel disease um, so that they can uh, use their nutrients more efficiently. Um, But there are some bad things that can potentially cause all of what we're describing and what we're talking about, and and those can be some of the intestinal uh, cancer-type things. So um, the first thing I would say is make sure we check out that thyroid possibility. Um, I'm from Vegas, and I don't like to bet, (laughs) but that would be one of the first things I'd want to bet on for her that that may be uh, going on. And then check out the rest of the uh, digestive tract with your veterinarian.
13: We did go to the vet yesterday, and so blood tests are being done right now, so... Uh, Fabulous He seemed to, seem to think the same thing you did
6: Well, let me know how that goes, Jim Because um, you know I want to know if I'm right <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> okay. We'll see if, you're, if your vet and I are thinking along the same ways there
3: <laughs> It gives me great pleasure to present to you The dog father, Joey Villani
2: How you doing? If I was doing any better, I'd be um, I was going to say you, but I'd be Judy Because I think Judy's doing better than <laughs> She's most. She's doing better,
1: yeah I'm doing yeah. good
2: She's got the
9: life Okay So, so what's if up I, this yeah,
2: week? If I, if, you know what? I got a... Um, Good question from a listener, and um, she has a white dog, and this is a very, very commonly asked question, and that is, um, she has a white dog, and it's staining, and she's using everything, and she can't get the staining out, and um, a lot of times, it's due to a whole bunch of things, depending on where it's stained. Most commonly, the eyes on a white dog, which is usually a bacteria or yeast, or the paws are around the stomach area, because usually, they chew those areas, and um, their saliva is what stains it. But it could be a number of things. It could be a diet. It could be food allergies. So the first thing and the most easy thing is, um, apple cider vinegar. A teaspoon of apple cider vinegar added to your dog's water daily. Okay? If it is. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Added drink, it to their
1: water? Drinking water?
2: Yes, absolutely. You're only talking about a, um, you know, a, um, teaspoon, a tablespoon here. And you add it to their, to the dog's water. Now, what that'll do. It'll actually help if there's any pH. See, what happens is the staining in the bacteria is caused by low pH levels in a dog's body. So what you're doing, and it's just like with a person, is you're trying to alkaline them again. So you're changing the pH level. And I've tried it, and I've seen people who have had dogs that have tried and had tremendous results. If that doesn't work, I mean, you could try bluing shampoos. But blowing shampoos, they're optical illusions is all they are. A cast of blue makes white look whiter, so you're not really getting rid of the problem. You're just kind of masking it a little bit. There's enzymatic and clarifying shampoos. Now, enzymatic shampoos work really, really well. Bleaching shampoos and pastes are real dangerous and should be left up to a professional. But if you have to do it at home, I got a really good home remedy for you. It's unflavored milk of magnesia. 10 to 20 percent hydrogen peroxide. Okay, and you're gonna mix that equal parts. Okay, and you're gonna mix it with a little bit of cornstarch, and you're going to apply it to these areas. Now, what that'll do, that'll help draw out the color, and then you're gonna shampoo it out. And usually, that'll work pretty well. And you know what? It's funny because these ingredients that are in these products are very similar to the ingredients that you'll find in a lot of um, your beauty um, supply um, salons for your own hair. So um oh, I didn't know that. Those are three ways to get rid of some get rid of standing.
1: Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind. And they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure
0: celebrating the connection with our pets this is animal radio featuring your dream team veterinarian dr debbie white and groomer joey villani and here are your hosts hal abrams and judy francis hey if you want to speak to dr debbie or dog father
3: joey villani do you want to do this don't don't mimic me don't mock me (laughs) i'm
1: not mocking you i'm just having fun
3: moving her lips along with me Am I that predictable? I'm going
4: to call you guys the Bickersons. The Bickersons.
3: (laughs) You can call from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and download that right now. It's a free download. Then you can ask your questions right from the app as well as listen to the show and even uh, browse our deep resources. It's a a fun app and it's It is a fun app. Make room for it on your phone because I know everybody's asking you to download their app right now. This is one of those apps you want to have, especially if there's a recall on foods. You want to know first, especially if you're feeding your animal that food.
1: This is the only app you're going to ever need. Look at her. Her <laughs> lips
3: didn't even move when she said that. <laughs> Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom?
4: Well, one state in the whole country is going to lead the way on this one issue. And making it illegal to do an elective procedure on your pets Um Cat specifically. So think uh-huh. about that, and we'll tell you what it is and where it's happening coming up.
3: And if you're a longtime listener of this show, you already know what it is. <laughs> so uh, let's go to the phones. Hey, Walter, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Where are you calling from today?
14: Barbersville, West Virginia.
3: Barbersville, West Virginia. I can't say that I've ever been there. Is it nice?
14: It's uh, pretty nice, yes.
3: Oh, okay. So you got animals. What kind of animals do you have?
14: Well, I have a one-and-a-half-year-old spayed female cat.
3: And what's going on with her?
14: Well, she always wants to go over to my neighbor's yard, where because he feeds the birds, so there are always birds flitting around there.
10: Mm-hmm.
14: And I've chased her away. My neighbors chased her away. Even two cats chased her away. But she still insists <laughs> on going back. And I'd like to find out if there's some way I can keep her
6: from going over there. What do you think, Doc? Well, you know what? There definitely is, and it's called a door. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, keeping kitties indoors would probably be the the simplest thing I could offer you on that. Um, And I'm being a little joking here because I know some cats and some folks are used to that outdoor lifestyle. Um, But, you know, the truth is there's birds there. That's like real live cat tv but in 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 the flesh so that's very exciting there's probably not going to be a lot you can do to unmotivate her to go uh-huh. over there 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 are some things depending on your property and also honestly how much you effort you want to put into deterring her uh-huh. um that you can try utilizing and, and if your property does so allow um actual fencing so if you have either a Black wall or fencing around the area, actually, you can get um, additions to the wall. Um, Basically, they call it cat fencing, and it kind of curves back towards your property and has different variety of types of uh, gate material or um, wire that you put up there, and that helps to keep them in the property, and that works great if you've got the kind of uh, area where you can fence everything in fully. Well, I do
14: do have a cat fence in the back. but it's a small yard, and uh, she she just is unsatisfied by just being able to go out into the small yard. So she comes in the house and starts begging me to let her out, you know. Oh, and there I, you I, go. I so feel so like the cat
6: fence uh, works,
14: but you're, you're letting her through the yes, fence. Yeah, because she's just unhappy, you know, in this small space that I gave her.
6: Yeah. Well, the the other things that we do um, recommend for cat owners that still allow them to get a taste of the outdoors without necessarily harming wildlife or, you know, encroaching on neighbor's property is building cat enclosures basically like a cat patio that can be fenced in you can have um, little window seats there Um, some people put bird feeders outside so that they can attract the wildlife so that kitty can watch and see but not um, attack and um, you know that would be something to, to look into building as well you know some of the other deterrents you know there's there's things that you can put out that are granules to deter cats or wildlife you know i find those don't really make a hill of a Difference um, wow. in these situations, there are some um, motion-activated deterrents, which could be difficult in a large property um, unless we're just trying to stay away from a particular zone. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, you know, activated with either um, spritzing water or giving off uh, puffs of air. Um, but, but again, those I, I usually use more for the individual cat owner when they're trying to keep, say, a stray away from their house or from their entrance to their home. Yeah. There are, for dogs, we do use... Um, the uh, invisible fencing, you know, where the the dog wears a collar, um, you put a uh, barrier fencing beneath the ground, and it emits an electrical signal when yeah. they cross that threshold. For dogs, that can work really well. Cats, it can be a real disaster, very honestly, wow. um, because they can get really freaked out by the electronic correction, and it can actually be counterproductive. Um, so it doesn't always really work with cats. I have known of some folks that will use a product like that that is accompanied with a citronella dispensing collar and that is a uh, type of a collar that emits that kind of like that citronella candle the, the mosquito uh, candle smell um, so that might be something if you had um, a distributor in your area or someone who could set that up that you might be able to use that in a little more cat friendly manner
14: uh, in other um, words it's an in invisible fence sense that somehow activates the collar to uh, emit the citronella
6: Yes, so there's generally there's a an outer barrier and it has to be installed by the company so but they generally I've had clients very happy with the service on um these type of products, and there's a initial interior zone that when they get to that, they get say like an audible tone saying, "Hey, you're you're treading in bad wow. territory." If they continue further, at least the dog formula, it's an electronic um, correction they get on their collar. I um, but yeah, if you can get one with the citronella I would probably lean towards that with a cat. I I, I don't I don't think the other form is going to do well for you.
14: Okay, let me now if I was to try to keep her in the house. You would need something to keep her busy for hours. And I see these various toys, like little tracks with balls going around. Is there anything that you can suggest that would really keep the cat
6: occupied for a long time? You know, the problem with cats is they get bored within five minutes. So it's not just one thing. <laughs> uh-huh. You need to have a whole smorgasbord of entertainment for cats. So that's why window seats, the, the kitty enclosures that give you a little bit of the outdoors in, those are very important, especially for cats that is accustomed to going outside. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of perching sites, um, but the interactive toys where there's like a moving mouse or a laser um, thing that's moving, those are all really wonderful for cats that are used to a lot of prey. Um, they're doing a lot of hunting that's going to be very important and then there's food dispensing toys as well for cats so there's different types of little cubes that they can push around you can put cat food or treats in there and really make the indoors more um, stimulating for them Okay. but yeah well, you well, got to be ready you, you, you're going to have to be like a one man show you're going to have to like, say oh look at this cat toy and then pull out another one 10 minutes later and, oh look uh, at yeah. this one <laughs>
4: <laughs> well thank you Walter well, good,
6: well, good luck you. with that Walter thank you doctor
4: well, coming up, uh, a couple in England gets a puppy for Christmas, but this puppy is a first ever in the history of the world to be this way.
3: Huh. You got me. I'm sticking around for that. Mm.
4: It's, it's amazing. I'll tell really.
3: you, when Lori rolls out a tease, it just it gets you head scratch. <laughs> We're not messing around here. It's uh, so that's on the oh, way in just tell a few you. minutes. Yeah, I know. I know.
4: I wouldn't tell you if I didn't think it was amazing. On the way, just after
3: Lori Brooks. The dog food dude, Rick Woodford, will be joining us. He's back for his second appearance. I think we spoke to him like what four or five years ago. Yeah, it's
1: it's been, been quite a few years. Been a
3: few years, mm-hmm. and he says you should share your food with your animals. Is what he says, or your dogs in particular. But he wants to tell you which foods to share. So don't go willy nilly sharing it.
1: Pizza and
4: burgers and Big Macs and all like that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, no,
1: no.
3: So he's on the way in just a couple of minutes.
4: Save those for yourself. I swear you guys are in your studio and you said food and Gordy stopped his raucous licking. (laughs) (laughs)
11: Looked up. Did someone say food? Hi, it's Alan Cable. Here's a dog tip for you. You're at a dog park. You don't like letting your dog off the leash. You're not certain if your dog will obey you when you call him. But what the heck, you feel bad, you want him to run free. So you let him go. Everything's going great till this one dog shows up and your dog takes off. You try calling him, but he pays no attention to you. Now think about it. What's your next step? Is it frustration? Yelling? Do you walk towards the dog mad? Body all tense? Already knowing as soon as you get close, he's going to run away? The only thing you can think of is you got to get him by that collar okay let's stop and look at this your dog's not listening he doesn't respect you dogs respond when you're secure and confident calm When you act like a pack leader. Now, providing your dog already understands what it means when you say come, if you can approach him calmly and put him in the submissive position below you, give him a correction right then and there, bad dog, put him on a leash, great. But if you can't catch him, (laughs) well, the odds are you're going to be frustrated. You got to fight that. Now, you probably shouldn't have let your dog off the leash because you knew to begin with he wouldn't listen to you. He wouldn't come when you called, but you did. So the point is, what do you do? What's your response? Turn the opposite way and start walking. Now, some dogs are not going to pay any attention and not care that you're gone. But most dogs are going to notice because you're walking away from them, the pack. You're giving them no attention, nothing. So what do you do when your dog does approach? Reprimand him for not listening the first time? Heck no. Every time your dog comes to you without being called and is close to you, praise him. Good boy. Because if you reprimand him when he comes to you, he's never going to want to come to you. He's going to associate it with unpleasantness. Well, every time I go over there, I get yelled at instead of every time I'm near that other dog well i get some attention you correct them when they're doing what you don't want you praise them when they're doing what you do want and when they're calm just laying there that's when you give them attention when they're jumping around like freaks before a walk or when you just come home pay no attention to them till they mellow out you can even say that mellow out when he gives you that you praise him teaching your dog to be mellow and calm that's the way to go that's when you give attention
15: Hello everyone, it's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, three must-do updates for your pet in January. Number one, identification. There are a variety of wonderful options to help us reunite with our lost pets, from electronic tags to microchipping and dog tags. But none of this is any good if you haven't updated the information associated with them. So update the information and make sure that you know how to use your identification selection. Number two, upgrade and update their collars and leashes. Take a look at the effect that so much dirt, fun, wear, and tear can have on their collars and leashes and decide if it's time to upgrade. Number three, look at your water and feeding bowls and realize that keeping them clean and free of harmful bacteria is essential to your pet's health. We love our pets and want them to be safe and sound. So check their identification information, update their collars and leashes, and for everybody's health sake, get some new bowls. Share your must-do update on our Animal Radio Facebook page. How would you like to get a free
7: smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan. Save money. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline. Right now, we guarantee you're gonna love our service. If you don't like what we say, you can hang up on us, but you won't. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as two dollars a day, guaranteed for life. Call the free smartphone hotline right now 800 475 3351. 800 475 3351. 800 475 3351. That's 800 475 3351. You're listening to Animal Radio.
3: Here's Hal and Judy. Hey, Rossi, where are you calling from today? Uh, San Luis Obispo.
10: Oh, just down the street.
3: So, yeah. So, listening on KBEC, how can we help you today?
10: Well, I've got a 19-pound uh, patterdale Terrier. Wow. Eight years old.
4: Okay.
10: And uh, he started developing sores between his toes. And now they kind of spread to his pads and his uh, toenails.
6: On all of his toes, or just the front versus the rear?
10: Uh, it's pretty universal. It's it's, it's front and back. Um, I've tried uh, antibiotics, and it worked until I ran out of antibiotics, and it came back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm wondering if there's a long treatment for antibiotics that we can do, or some okay. kind of. I've what did soap. you tried what? I I've tried soaking them in different solutions and. Okay. Hypoallergenic baths and stuff like that.
6: Okay. And then what did your did your veterinarian um do any kind of test, take any sample from the area?
10: Uh they said that they it's hard to get it from the area because in between the toes it's really sore and healing is, is tough and uh so no, they haven't done that. They did suggest that but it was close to a thousand dollars. Um and the antibiotics did work, just mm-hmm. not you know, once once they were over, they, they came back.
6: Yeah. Unfortunately, we can't really say that, you know, the antibiotics are going to be the solution to this problem because there's a lot of times with foot problems where we'll get secondary infection. So what you're describing isn't unusual. So some of those tests, you know, we may need to prioritize what works within a budget because it is going to be very important to figure out what kind of thing could be going on because there's several different things that really come to mind. And and we can get bacterial infections. There can be mites we can get funguses and then things like allergies and immune system problems. So there's a lot of different things that can play a role. I will right. tell you that when I have dogs that have what we call interdigital dermatitis, so sores between the toes, uh-huh. they are among the most frustrating and the most chronic in nature if we don't get an accurate diagnosis from the get-go. So there right. are It's not unheard of for my clients to come in and they may come in and treat something like this, run the course of antibiotics, and then in Three weeks they come back um, because if we stop the course and don't do a follow up or don't follow those uh, recommendations, it, it will often keep kind of coming and going, coming and going. So, that right. initial investment in testing is painful, but I can tell you it's going to be well worth it in the long run. Well, um,
10: and that's the testing. Uh, you know, what, what's the typical treatment after that? More antibiotics or?
6: Well, it depends. So I'm just kind of kind of zone into one particular diagnosis that um, can be a problem. And you said your doggie was a Terrier, a patterdale. Okay. Yeah. So they commonly can have a lot of different allergy-driven problems, which means okay. that we can get secondary things on top of that. We can get mites. We can get fungus. We can get bacterial infections secondary to that. So... Uh-huh. Sometimes it means we have to look into allergy testing or treatments for allergies. Um, right. But if we're dealing with, say, just a garden variety antibiotic responsive problem, we might need to treat for four to six weeks or more of continuous antibiotics. So this right. is where, <laughs> when you talk about that, how does your veterinar- veterinarian know if an antibiotic's going to work, and if that four to six week of investment of antibiotics is worth it. And that's where I'm going back to that initial test, getting a sample culture, or at least doing something we call cytology to look to see if we see bacteria there that will be uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. picking a category of antibiotic that would be appropriate. So that's that's why I'm telling you that little bit of investment can really help, because I do okay. see commonly um too short of a course of antibiotic, um, or people think that the outer part of the foot looks better when it really isn't deep down. And right. um, you know, we do need to continue that course longer and longer. Um so that makes sense. yeah. So I know nobody likes to hear that, you know, vets tests are, you know, <laughs> you gotta spend the money, but it really can make a big difference. Um and then as far as like things with the feet, I do like doing soaks. Um and I'm there's all sorts of different ways you can go. You can go with the um, antibacterial soaks the cheapest thing you can do is epsom salts and right. using that for you know 10 to 15 minutes twice a day um can help with a lot of different things so that's something you know inexpensive you can do at home to kind of supplement and help things along
10: okay yeah the antibiotics se- seem to work uh, it visually it cleared everything up on the outside and then after the the course was done it came back within a week or so
6: yeah and how long was the course
10: uh, two weeks
6: two weeks yep yeah. yeah. so that, that i would say in my opinion i would definitely have treated a lot longer so so you know i would uh, you know give your veterinarian another call and let them know that it has reoccurred and they may advise just a longer course um but otherwise they may tell you we gotta do a little investigation
10: yeah i've heard up to two months um but i appreciate the call i just wanted to see if uh you know they were leading me down the right path or or, or not
6: Yep. It's sounds like they, they've got your pet's toes at heart and <laughs> their best interests at heart. All
10: right. I appreciate the call. Thank thanks.
3: You. Thanks, Rossi, for calling Dr. Debbie. And by the way, if you happen to have a Yorkshire Terrier or a Shih Tzu, a pug, or a mini schnauzer, Dr. Debbie's written a book called How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend, one for each of those breeds. And you could get them over at Amazon. They're Kindle books and more information about those books and links over at animalradio.com. you.
4: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Guests at a Missouri restaurant complained when one of the patrons was monkeying around. Well, mostly because he's an actual monkey. Debbie Rose of Springfield says Richard, her monkey, gives her the emotional support she needs to overcome an anxiety disorder. Without Richard, she wouldn't feel comfortable enough to go out in public, shop for groceries, or eat in a restaurant. The local health department determined that Richard wasn't a service animal because he wasn't trained to do a specific task. But a representative from the Justice Department in Washington said a case could be made for the emotional support that Richard the monkey gives his owner. Until they sort it out, sounds like Debbie and Richard may have to hit the drive-thru. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal
16: Radio.
7: How would you like to get a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan. Save money. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline line right now. We guarantee you you're gonna love our service. If you don't like what we say, you can hang up on us, but you won't. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day, guaranteed for life. Call the free smartphone hotline right now. 800-475-3351. 800-475-3351. 800-475-3351. That's 800-475-3351.
6: This is an Animal Radio News
4: Update. I'm Lori Brooks. If Linda Rosenthal has her way, New York will be the first state to make it illegal to declaw a cat. The Manhattan Assemblywoman has introduced a bill to ban the controversial procedure, sometimes called denuckling, because it's actually the entire knuckle, the last bone in the cat's toe that's taken off. The proposal to ban declawing in New York has really ignited some intense debate, too. While most veterinarians say that declawing should be a last resort, the New York State Veterinary Medical Society argues that cat owners have the right to decide what's best for their cat declying or denuckling cats is already by the way banned in many countries including australia india spain and the united kingdom as well as seven other cities in california including los angeles and san francisco A couple in England has a brand-new puppy. His name is Chance, and he is a history-making pup, having been created from the DNA of a dog who has been deceased for nearly two weeks now, previously, cloned dogs were created with the samples taken from living or very recently deceased dogs. But this is the first time the procedure, which, by the way, cost about $100,000, has succeeded with a sample from a dog who had passed on 12 days earlier. In fact, the couple told a London newspaper they still have their father dog in their freezer while they finish the garden where they plan to bury him. Well, we all know what it's like when our friends and family members go away, you know, on a long trip and leave us behind and we anxiously await their return. But it's like they say, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And that's exactly how Jasper the cat reacted to seeing his dog, Bow Z, after 10 days of being apart. The black cat could not contain his excitement as he jumps up and throws his paws around the dog's neck and buries his face in his fur. Bowsey's tail is wagging and the dog allows Jasper the cat to hug him for a couple couple of minutes before trying to back away like hey dude you know chill out a little bit the dog wants some breathing room but the cat isn't ready to let his best friend go the cat actually lets out a couple of excited meows and then clings to the dog with all of his might like with both of his paws touching in the front but eventually the big dog gives in and just enjoys all the loving i'm Lori brooks get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
8: Hi, I'm Charlotte (laughs) Ross on Animal Radio. Please remember to spay and neuter your pets.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
3: Don't you know it? You found Animal Radio. And yes, we're celebrating the connection with your pet. And we welcome back to the show the dog food dude, Rick Woodford. He has a brand new book called Chow, Simple Ways to Share the Foods You Love with the Dogs You Love. So let me start off by saying welcome to the show, first of all. And secondly, we've been telling listeners for ages, don't feed the food a from the table to your animals. And if I'm feeding the food that I love to my animals, it might be like pizza and spaghetti. I just don't think that's right. Tell me where I've gone wrong.
12: Well, thank you very much for having me back. Um, what, uh, my whole purpose is to get you to share more healthy foods, um, more raw food, uh, natural foods in their form, rather than meals or things that you already have on your plate. Wow. It's great to feed foods that are on your cutting board, not so much the foods that you've added so much extra fat to or salt <laughs> or spices or things that aren't good for dogs, even though there are some beneficial fats, beneficial spices. So the whole idea with chow is to help people which foods you can share and it's easy ways to incorporate them.
3: I knew that. I just wanted you to say that there. But yeah. I, I think I really bond with my animals when I share food with them, and I think that's a bonding experience for them too, isn't it?
12: Well, I think, it, I mean, I just kind of think to why dogs – picked us in the first place is because we had food and they kind of started following us around and i think that I some kind of thing in there that's how we started that relationship with dogs and um, i certainly think that whether it's training and i'm using food as treats or just providing a meal that they are so excited for i think it is kind of a bunny experience
3: now when you share your food are you sharing just that or should they be getting a regular meal from like a canned food or any other kind of supplemented food
12: in the first, my first book, Feed Your Best Friend Better, I really did the whole, like, if you are diehard and you want to cook every meal for your pet, uh-huh. um, here's how you do it. This book is really kind of – it has a ton of meal ideas to supplement that same thing. And this book is really kind of for a broader audience that says, hey, is it okay to share my dog? What some of the simple, simple ways I can do it? Using some of the same foods that I'm using on my cutting board. Just – putting a couple of them aside and cooking them really fast.
3: (laughs) What are some of the good foods? Because you say fruits, and I know grapes are not a good food to feed them. What are the the fruits and what are the foods that we can share with our animals?
12: Well, I mean, I'm covering a hundred different types of of food items, like um, cumin is really beneficial, ginger is beneficial, Mm. um, turmeric is extremely beneficial, um, coconut oil. uh, But then also like a total range of every single meat that I could think of, um, I did kind of stay away from things, weird things like rabbit and quail and venison. Uh-huh. Um, but I got tons of beef recipes, tons of chicken recipes. And some of those are the most healthy kind of things you can put in the bowl. But then also my my number one thing I'm always trying to get people to do is give your dog some more fruits and vegetables because that's where all the phytochemicals are. That's where, where all the antioxidants are. And that's really what helps determine the fate of your of health. And they get five um, basic Antioxidants from commercial foods that are a part of supplementation, but there's you can't depend on five antioxidants to do every single thing that the body needs. Mm. And so my goal is to get people to you know hey, give your dog a few blueberries, give your dog a few blackberries every now and then, squashes, carrots. Um, go ahead, let's get loose with the turnips. Um, <laughs> but like just uh, uh, really kind of thinking a lot of foods, and you know there's everybody concentrates on that list of foods that you should not give your dog. And that, that's kind of where I started with the inspiration of this book. I'm like, I got tired of seeing those lists. And nobody ever talks about all the things you can share with your dogs mm. and the ways that you can share them. Wow.
1: I'm always looking for treats. I hate to go out and buy a box of treats that are, you know, been processed and stuff. I want something kind of healthy snack for my dog in between meals when I'm playing with them That her.
12: they'll what, really like. Well, one of my favorites, and um, I've had a couple people comment on, uh, on, like, where would you come up with these weird ideas, is... Um, Cheerios uh, mixed with dried fish, so those Cheerios start absorbing that fish smell, and drives dogs crazy. And you know, then every once in a while they get the Cheerios, and every once in a while they get a total jackpot with the dried fish. So Cheerios um, are
1: healthy for them.
12: It's, I mean, so just and people always ask about grains and all these kinds of things. We're talking treats, like in the book yep.
1: moderation.
12: I have a I have a popcorn recipe because. And I don't feed my dog's corn I don't even feed my dog's corn meal as part of most of their treats and stuff like that but our dogs go freaking crazy for popcorn yep. and so we're like okay you guys can have a little bit of popcorn you know half a cup or something like that of pop popcorn you know it's it's not a mainstay of their meal it's not what we're teaching them like this is this is everything that's going through your body ninety five percent of your diet is actually from corn you no know, it's like three percent of your diet is actually coming from this popcorn and and, you know, I'm also adding a couple extra nutritional yeast or cumin or something like that on top of it to give them another nutritional boost.
6: And just um, so I can chime in, the the general guideline is treat food should be less than 10% of the daily calorie intake. Mm, okay. So there's just yeah, a little yeah. science behind this.
12: <laughs> and that's where, I, and, you know, some people are like, oh, 10% of the calorie intake. And I don't want people to have to think about all that. So every food, every recipe, I give feeding guidelines for 10, 20, 40, 60, 80, and 100 pound dogs. Oh, that's great. Isn't
6: it funny? It is, because I find like my little dog, he's 16 pounds, and he only needs about 350 calories a day. So if like someone goes out and buys one of those pre made like edible bones, that's almost like half of his daily calorie needs.
12: We actually in the United States tend to have a little bit of a difficult problem. Sticking to around two thousand calories ourselves as adults. <laughs> I mean, it's really easy to go over. I can go over two thousand calories by lunch. Oh now. yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm like, oh, I had a bowl of cereal and a juice, and then I had a burrito for lunch, and I was like, well, I shouldn't be eating any more for the
3: day. I wish we had more time. I'm going to give away ten copies of the book right Nine now. Nine copies. Nine oh. copies of the book. Chow: Simple <laughs> ways to share the foods you love with the dogs you love. And like you said, Judy, it's treats. You know, treats are supposed to be treats. I, I can't think of a treat that is healthy. For I know. Me, Every time I go. Oh, I can. Can you? I can. Okay. Oh, frozen green beans are a treat. Frozen um, green beans. Yeah, those dried fish
12: are a total treat. And <laughs> I
16: Vinny Penn coming at you again on Animal Radio with a party animal segment. I saw on the telephone pole at the end of my street the other day a missing pet flyer. We've discussed flyers here in the past. The catch with this one is they had drawn the picture of the cat missing. It was a pencil drawing. Now that, one, you're not going to really be able to tell. I, I don't know. It didn't look any different than any other millions of cats you see out on the show. Well, you don't see as many these days as straight cats as you did when I was a kid uh, back in the 70s and 80s. But um they didn't really look any different. Two, it told me that you're drawing the picture of this cat that you never took one of your cat. So how much could you have possibly loved it if you didn't have a picture to photocopy for the flyer now that Smitten's? Is missing. I'm not even going to get into the whole Smittens thing. But how much could you have loved Smittens? Maybe Smittens ran away, one, because he never took a damn picture of him, and two, because he named him Smittens. Any Pen, Party Animal, Animal Radio. How would you like to get
7: a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan, save money, plus get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline hotline right now. We guarantee you you're gonna love our service. If you don't like what we say, you can hang up on us. But you won't. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day, guaranteed for life. Call the free smartphone hotline right now. 800-475-3351. 800-475-3351. 800-475-3351.
0: That's 800-475-3351. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
3: Hi, Angel. Hey. So what's going on?
8: Well, I have a little uh, 15-and-a-half-year-old. She's about five pounds, and she's uh, an odd mix. She looks like a Shih Tzu. She's a Shih Tzu, Chihuahua, and Pekingese. And I would like to know what the symptoms are for hip dysplasia. Um, is there a change in stance? Is there a change in her gait? Um, and she doesn't seem to indicate any pain, but she seems to be much m- less steady on her feet.
6: You're, when you say she's a little bit unsteady on her feet, do her feet give out on her, or is she just slow getting up?
8: Um, when she's just kind of standing there, not in the truck, like when we take her out to walk her and everything, sometimes she just kind of wobbles like, Maybe she doesn't have her land feet yet, you know okay. I, I'm not sure if it's because of the truck or if it's because of of uh, but it's something that's kind of appeared within the last year
6: okay well, and she's definitely old enough that we would want to talk about um, and I probably uh, gear more towards what we'd call osteoarthritis um, than just hip dysplasia because hip dysplasia is only one part of the body that can have problems, and in dogs they can have elbow dysplasia they can have spinal arthritis, so you can really have um pain and arthritic changes kind of anywhere in the body and that can create problems in mobility and getting around and you know for an for an old gal um you know like that i would say if we're worried about the back end we sometimes do see some distinctive problems in the back end um where we might have a crossing over of the back feet where they do seem kind of uncoordinated and almost drunk um, and we we can see problems where um, getting up from a seated or a lying position is difficult and you just kind of see it almost in the extra effort that you know the push to get up that can be a sign that there's pain um, and or muscle weakness and then finally you know if we're seeing continence problems in the back end if we're having urine accidents we're having poop accidents those can be signs that we might be having some problems with the hindquarters. but in general when we look Anywhere on this on, on a dog's body, um, arthritis can affect how easily they get up. So really, you're looking for that exaggerated effort. You're looking for a limp. And you're looking for a pet who might have maybe quivering or um, tremors with their muscles because the if the joints aren't working really well and they're not moving in the full nice long strides that they should, the muscles can atrophy and they can weaken and that will translate to a maybe a trembling or shaking leg so so those are some of the things that I would definitely keep an eye out for.
8: okay, um, I think you've hit it kind of on the nail that the, the more appropriate description would be uh, the muscle. Uh, weakness I think is what is, is an indicator does that um, will that encourage hip dysplasia or is that maybe just because she's gotten older and also she lives on the truck you know without as much exercise as other dogs
6: sure and you know I, I, I can't say I don't do a lot of the truck driving but I can imagine where like the having your sea legs you know might be a little bit disorienting when she first gets to land um, but as far as um, you know for um, other things as far as there definitely can be medical problems metabolic problems that cause weakness problems like okay. thyroid disorders, other types of hormone disorders that can cause a generalized muscle weakness. Um, the other thing would be you know it, when we talk about the spine um, some breeds of dogs um, can have uh, particular problems with disc disc problems that's hard to say disc problems <laughs> um, but that can actually cause, back pain and can even lead to signs of paralysis where their feet kind of get either where they drag them or they may not really sense where they're at in space and they just kind of trip over them or they cross their feet over. So if we're seeing something like that, then I would say we definitely want to get some x-rays because we want to make sure we're heading down the right route, right road, whether it's an orthopedic problem and maybe we need some pain medicine and some joint remedies, or if it's something more of a neurologic problem, and then we're going to have a totally different um, type approach where we maybe deal with pain medicine, but we might need to gear something towards inflammation um, and gearing towards um, you know, that nerve uh, function. So that might be a, you know, I know she's an older gal, but that might be a good investment in just to kind of get the right pathway and make sure we're heading down the right road there. This is Dr. Debbie, and if you have a question for me, give me a call or email me at docdebbie at animalradio.com.
3: Let's head on over to Tony. Hey, Tony, where are you calling from?
6: Los Angeles, California.
8: What's going on? Well, I'm curious to know, um, uh, what is the
6: normal temperature for a cat? Normal temperature would be 101 to 102, maybe 103 at the high end.
8: Because I got a temporal artery thermometer. Do you know what that is? A uh, forehead thermometer? And I scanned it across the cat's head, and uh, it was 84, 85 degrees. Yeah, so you can't trust that. On animals.
6: No, and the problem is, is that there's hair, fur, and different conductions in their skin. So, um, we can't rely on that. Now, they're, the most reliable temperature is actually the rectal temperature using a rectal thermometer. Right. Um, we do, in veterinary medicine, sometimes we'll use um, an auricular or an ear ch- uh, thermometer, and uh, that basically measures heat that reflects off of the um, eardrum. So that would be my second choice if I was checking a temperature. Um, and then the, the third but less favored would be under the armpit, Um, which we do see a lot more variability when you do that, just because, again, there's differences in their skin, their fur, all that kind of stuff. So it's best to do a rectal temperature if you're up for the the challenge. What's going on with your kitty? Is she having a problem?
8: Oh, no, no. I just, uh, you know, every once in a while I uh, try something new on them and see if it'll work. (laughs)
3: It's like <laughs> preventative maintenance.
8: They yeah, right.
3: Hey, thanks for calling, Tony. We appreciate it. I think that's the first time that we've ever had that question.
1: Yeah, I thought it was. A it's very a good, good one. Question. It is yeah. a good
3: question. I don't know if I want to learn the whole rectal thing, though. That's.
6: I'll pass on that. I'll
3: just have that with the
6: rela- right pet. It could be done easily at home with a little peanut butter distraction on one end and. A little KY on the other.
3: Just make sure you have the peanut butter on (laughs) the right end. Don't want to get those mixed up. No,
6: don't mix up your ends.
3: We'll see you next week for more Animal
1: Radio right here. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This is Animal Animal Radio
5: Network.
13: Network.